0: From the land of adventure and diversity, these are the stories of extraordinary Africans. Only on Faces of Africa. David de is a master seaman. Based in Cape Town in South Africa, sailing is his life. David believes that the ocean around this historic city is particularly special.
1: I did a, quite a bit of time in the around the Caribbean and the Mediterranean super yacht circuit, and even though it was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of that wasn't adventurous enough for me. Skipping from you know from port to port around there, it's quite sedate. And I was finding myself in sort of very remote locations with incredible wildlife you couldn't see anywhere else. You know you go to. Places where you know that very few people had ever been. And at that stage I wasn't particularly conservation-minded. I was doing a lot of fishing and a lot of the places that I'd seen were just absolutely wild. Very remote, very few people had been there and pretty much untouched. And in a short space of five years, uh, some fishing fleets had found out about it and the place was a desert. I could see what impact man has on the environment and for me it really struck a chord. I'd seen the ocean very specifically through through my lens and uh, I could see that there weren't people really taking other people out to show them what what I was seeing. So there was a gap for me to, to fill.
0: These days, David is passionate about sharing his love of the ocean and its ecology. He has formed a partnership with Cape Town's Two Oceans Aquarium to take parties of school children on boat trips. The aim is to extend the knowledge gained from the popular educational visits to the city's aquarium. And the children are certainly excited to learn.
1: So all I want you to
2: do is go inside and have fun, okay? Yeah. That's what we are
0: here for, yes.
2: I would like to see the sharks. I want to see the puffer fish. Clownfish or like um with a frizzy here on top, uh, jellyfish, fishes, starfish, and uh, baby sharks.
0: This group from the Canaan Academy in South Africa's Eastern Cape Province has come a long way to visit the aquarium.
1: I'd like to see a jellyfish. See I've most like most I've heard most interesting
2: most things. things about it.
3: I've never seen
2: any creatures. Mostly, I would like to see sharks and dolphins.
0: The aquarium has developed a staff of special teachers deployed to keep their young visitors fully informed about the wonders on view here.
2: My name is Konzani Lembeni, I am one of the Two Oceans Aquarium teacher. I came with no background and they asked me if I would come and work for the aquarium, provided they would send me to UNISA and I would be studying zoology and environmental science part time. The Two Oceans Aquarium is called Environmental Education Centre. got discovery centers where we allow kids coming from schools that can come and learn the experience of marine life. In order for them to be able to engage and understand the animal, they have to touch and look at the animal. And the first reaction, they don't want to touch it at all. As I encourage them and they touch it, you can see the big smile from the faces. They look at the animal and get excited It's like this one, you look at that one, it's so cool. I grew up in East London and I've never been in the ocean. I only saw the ocean when I came to Cape town. And now, being a teacher about the ocean, it's quite wonderful.
1: Throughout my life I've been profoundly uh, affected by the wildlife that I've encountered spending so much time on the water. And I'm doing all of this because I want to share that experience with children, with adults. For me, that's my driving force. For a lot of fish species, it's already too late. Uh, there have been species that have collapsed entirely from overfishing. Our lobster fisheries is 3% of what it was 50 years ago. The tuna fishing is marginal. The bottom line is that it is the end of the line. We are running out of fish, and people need to take responsibility for that and understand that it's a reality. What I have realized is that a hardline conservation message falls on deaf ears. But if you create an ocean lover or an ocean appreciator, you've got a chance, people will take conservation seriously.
0: Now it's time for the students to embark on a real ocean adventure.
1: Good morning, my name morning. is David. I'll be taking you guys out. But got Ben there and our mayor who's our guide and how over there. Have any of you guys been to sea before? No first time for you guys yeah. yes. that's excellent today you might see animals that you've never seen before hopefully we'll see some dolphins some seals some penguins there's lots of bird life out there so this should be a very unique experience for you guys all right enjoy the cruise
4: thank you, thank you.
0: Sights and sounds of the busy port fall behind them. The catamaran moves out into the calm of Table Bay, and before long, sea creatures start to appear.
1: We want to introduce the school groups we have on board to our marine environment. It's a very novel experience for them and we hopefully can plant a seed with them to love and understand the sea and with that seed, we hope that they grow environmental conscience.
0: While the various school trips encounter wildlife on the surface, marine biologist Amir Rizai gives them a sense of what's going on beneath the waves.
3: As we're going out, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's happening here in Table Bay on the Atlantic Ocean. The water is very cold. You can feel the temperature of the air is cooler than it was inside the harbor, right? And the reason the air is cold is because the water here is very cold. Between 9 and 16 degrees Celsius. So, cold water because of the Atlantic Ocean that we're sitting on. The cold Benguela current coming up from the South Pole where all the ice is. And one other reason is because there's just so much food. And if there's a lot of food, there's going to be animals living close to the coastline taking advantage of the food.
0: With some parties, Amir is asked to give practical demonstrations of ocean ecology right here on board.
3: If you're a little green plant, what do you need? You need sunlight, you need water, you need carbon dioxide, and there's plenty of that in the oceans all around the world. But sometimes the little plants don't get one thing they need, and that's nutrients. On land, we fertilize our plants. Out here, when the plants get the right nutrients, they're able to grow really fast. And because of the nutrients available to the plants here, they grow so fast that they make enough food for the densest population of great white sharks anywhere in the world. Okay, guys, so we're going to try to see what, what little creepy crawlies are floating around in the water, what plankton is in the ocean here.
1: Since I can remember, I've spent time near the sea. All school holidays, weekends, after school, was always near the ocean. Once I left school, the first thing I did was get on a boat and cross an ocean. So it's been a huge part of my life. And what I found out was that this is all I really want to do.
0: Amongst David's ocean adventures are the diving expeditions.
1: All right, good morning, Kurt. Morning. Welcome aboard. We've got a southeasterly wind, light southeasterly wind at this stage. Uh, we've had a storm pass the last few days, so the visibility might have shifted, but we could only really know once we go out there.
0: From the land of adventure and diversity come tales of survival, success, and ingenuity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans, only on Faces of Africa.
1: The close-quarter animal or wildlife encounters we do are something that's quite unique. We know which species are around at which specific times of the year or in specific weather conditions and we guide them through what they see and what the species are and get them close enough that they can have an encounter.
0: David himself leads these dives in order to guide and protect his guests.
3: And I've run up against us.
1: Crazy. They kept coming back and back, swimming in and around us. The interesting thing always is when you You free dive down, they always come and join you. Swim around a few times, see what you're up to. we moved further down the coastline and we saw a sunfish. It's a very unique species that we only found in a few parts in the world. They're such crazy looking creatures, you know, you kind of immediately you start to think, what is this? Where does it come from? Why does it look like it does?
0: Another wonderful place to visit is Seal Island, just off the Cape Peninsula. David often takes his underwater camera to record what he sees.
1: Are very agile, very graceful in the water, very curious. You know, they come up to you, open their mouths, they you know, keep coming, circling, having another look. And sometimes they'll mock charge you, you know, they'll just come to you and open their mouths like this. <laughs>
0: Much of the early history of Cape Town is still recorded in Cape Town's Castle of Good Hope, which was established in 1666 and completed in 1679. It is the oldest building in South Africa. The ongoing link between Cape Town, its ocean, and the Seagong adventurers who founded the city is very clear here. As a sailor himself, David's proud of this history. David's ancestors, the Huguenots, arrived in 1688 they were fleeing anti-Protestant persecution in France.
1: Interesting in this painting is the number of crew members on board. A boat like that would need a crew of 60, 70 to be able to operate it properly. For its size, today you would have an equivalent of maybe four or five people that would run a similar sized vessel with a similar type of capacity. A seaman during that period of history had a 50% chance of dying within his first 10 years of maritime service.
0: David is very aware of the links between Cape Town and the dangers that lie in wait for sailors who negotiate the stormy sea that surrounds it.
1: We had the uh, biannual Cape to Rio yacht race set off from Cape Town with a reasonably calm day. And within 12 hours, the race fleet was into some seriously heavy weather. And uh, very sadly, there was a fatality. What one has to understand is that the loss of life was very rare for an ocean race. And it was uh, very unfortunate. But given the history of Cape Town, it's a very volatile coastline. That's why it's called the Cape of Storms. Uh, The sea conditions here can be incredibly treacherous and it has claimed many ships and many lives over the last few centuries.
0: Another aspect of the ocean experience that David offers his clients is the chance to experience some deep-sea sport fishing. For this, David takes out the largest of his ocean-going catamarans.
1: We've got a real mix of characters on our boat today that are here to catch tuna. So it raises an interesting question for someone that is trying to teach people about the environment. The way I see it at the moment is that we have an opportunity to teach people about sustainability. And we fish for the table, i.e. for consumption. Any fish that goes over a certain limit we throw back in the sea. And we only fish species that are bountiful and that are non-threatened at this point in time. The big difference is for people to understand that the sea is not an endless source of fish and to understand that sports fishing is recreational. Therefore, there's no need to fish without returning the fish to the sea.
0: Heading back towards Cape Town, they look out for Cape Point.
1: Cape Point is an iconic part of our coastline, all the seafarers that used to pass past the Cape on the trading routes, for them it was quite a symbolic part of their journey to Round. They knew that they would be coming around into Table Bay, come and stop here and uh, get their provisionings, a bit of shore leave.
0: And ever since those earliest times, Rounding Cape Point has remained a symbol of adventure for sailors. But before long, David will sail past this treacherous shoreline again, on his way to another ocean adventure.
1: The intention today is to get the guys to into warm, clean water, which runs uh, with a current far off the Cape Point, about 30 or 40 miles. In that current, we often find macos and blue sharks. And it gives the clients a fantastic opportunity to get very close to these beautiful, beautiful sharks.
0: David leads his guests into the water. He wants to guarantee clients a magical and safe diving experience.
1: I believe it's very important to dispel myths, to change people's attitude towards sharks. I'd say you know 99.9% of the time you are in a very non-threatening environment. Now, we are not their natural prey, so they are curious about us, they will come right up to you, they will come right up to your face, but not with the intent to harm.
0: Back in port, David turns his mind to his crew.
1: Today's exercises, we're going to do some uh, boat handling exercises. Sia is going to start up the engines for us and he's going to take us off the dock. We'll be doing some turns which gives you a familiarity with how the vessel responds under power and he'll be bringing the vessel back to the dock. Okay Sia, so uh, we're just going to go here to the middle. Then uh, we're going to stop the boat. And we're gonna do a couple of figure of eights, okay. We're gonna do one engine forward, one engine back. Okay. Twist the boat for us. Use okay, your helm center. That's it, perfect, perfect. That's okay. and you wanna get yourself into the position there that you're gonna come in and go to the dock. All right, looking good. C.I. came to us about two years ago. He's in a process of learning the ropes, so to speak, and gaining the experience to one day become a skipper. So, part of that process is learning theoretical knowledge, and part of that process is learning the practical knowledge. Also, being able to understand the weather conditions we have on a daily basis, what that means in terms of boat handling, and more importantly, what that means for passenger safety.
0: Sia lives in the Capricorn Township. It's a much harsher world on the other side of the peninsula. He sends his family a portion of his earnings every month to help support them and his siblings. Life is not easy for Sia. At 22 years of age, Sia Mulella has a dream of his own. He wants to follow in Darwin's footsteps.
4: I will always dream to you know, one day to work on the sea. My dreams are coming through. Now. One of my dreams is I'll be able to be a skipper on this boat. I
1: have great hopes for the future for him. When he came to us, he'd never spent one day on the ocean. And in the time of period that he's worked for us, he's become to appreciate wildlife, he's come to appreciate the life on the sea. And if you ask him, you know, that's what he wants to do now.
4: And I'm busy with trying to sort my papers out and uh, the skipper's license.
1: And I can see how his love for the ocean has grown just by spending time on the ocean. So that gives me hope for everybody else that we have an ability to make ocean lovers out of the layman. You
4: I can say that, yeah, it's very important to know what's, what's all about in the sea, what's so special in the sea why is those animals out there, they're so special in the sea. Conservation, it's a good thing to teach the kids, to teach the next generation about the sea, what we have on this part of the sea.
1: It is a wild piece of coastline, but in the wildness there's incredible beauty. The sea is ferocious and powerful, and it's only someone that really lives here and understands what we have, really comes to love our Southern Ocean and its inhabitants.
0: Another rare feature of the Cape Peninsula is the colony of African penguins at Boulder's Beach. This breeding group is one of very few land-based colonies in the world. It has over 2,500 birds. the secluded beaches is Baghoven. It was here that David first learned his love of the ocean as a very young boy. Some of his earliest memories of the sea were formed here. Just as David's father used to bring him here every week, David in turn brings his own son and daughter in the hope they inherit his love of the ocean.
3: This
1: place is where my connection with the sea began. One of my earliest memories of being next to the ocean is right here in this cove. Even though the water here most of the time is probably 10 degrees, I can remember never having a wetsuit and spending so many hours just playing around the rock pools in the kelp forest.
0: So these Cape Town ocean adventurers pass on their love of the sea and the creatures that live in it from generation to succeeding generation.